everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast, where we cover the full spread of food and beverage industry topics. My name is Bianca, PR and marketing professional by day and food and wine connoisseur by night. And my name is Nick, an accountant with a passion for barbecue, beer, and whiskey. Today, we welcome Brian Thurber. Brian is the CEO of Proud Pour, a wine brand dedicated to giving back with every bottle sold. In today's episode, Brian tells us about how Proud Pour came to be, what new causes you can expect to support as their selection expands, and how they are impacting charities and organizations in a neighborhood near you. And with that, we welcome Brian to the podcast. Welcome, Brian. Let's start by having you introduce yourself and telling us about your background in the beverage industry. Certainly. Um, so my name is Brian Thurber. So I manage Proud Pour. And actually, this is my first endeavor in the beverage industry. Um, I've had kind of a varied background I can tell you about. But um, all credit for starting Proud Pour goes to my business partner, Berlin Kelly. So she has been a longtime uh, fermentation nerd, I'll say. Um, kind of got her start with the New York City Home Brewers Guild um, when she was working there some years ago. And um, I actually have more of an environmental background. So I'm a lawyer and I've worked for several different environmental nonprofits. And um, Berlin was looking for her first team member and it was a great fit. You know, I think that this is a really neat vehicle for both you know spreading good cheer through really good drinks but also through spreading important stories about um, our planet great so uh let's get into the wines a little bit i know bianca picked some of these up i have here the cider and the sauvignon blanc but can you take us through your selection just tell us you know what you guys have to offer and what each of those specifically supports absolutely so we have um, three wines and a cider in our portfolio right now. And we actually, Berlin and I, for two years, sold literally one wine, which is pretty unusual in the wine industry. Um, we're a bootstrap company, so it's just been two of us with our kind of meager life savings. And um, yeah, we sold a Sauvignon Blanc uh, that pairs great with farmed oysters which are totally sustainable to eat, by the way. You should all, all of you out there should eat more oysters. They're great for the planet. And then we use the sales of that Sauvignon Blanc to support oyster restoration. So we started literally, our, the first group we met was Billion Oyster Project in New York City. They're amazing. Um, uh, Berlin actually met the two founders of it um, a couple weeks before they launched. And we've since grown that wine out to support, I think we're up to uh, 17 oyster groups around the country. And in the interim, so that's, that's always been sourced from California. So we've worked with a couple of really great winemakers out there. We started in Lake County. Um, and then we've actually worked with the same winemaker in Mendocino for a few years now. Um, so we obviously go for a Sauvignon Blanc that's you know, really nicely balanced, go, goes well with oysters. Um, and then in the interim, um, we've launched a couple more uh, beverages. So we found a couple of great winemakers in Oregon and have worked with them on our Pinot for bees. So it's Pinot Noir. Uh, it supports the planting of bee habitat all over the US. 
And um, we launched a cider for sea turtles. So uh, works with a really great cider maker in New England, um, Artifact, who you've probably heard of. And um, we actually just launched our rosé for reefs. So it's Pinot Noir rosé and it supports coral reef restoration. That's awesome. And I've had most of them myself. I actually spotlighted you guys on World Ocean Day. Um, I'm a big fan and I love your presentation too. And we'll get into that later on. Um, but I know you did just release the rosé not too long ago. Do you have it uh, planned to keep launching more like special limited edition wines? Or I know you have the cider too. So like other products or are you kind of, you know, in a place where you feel like these will be your four staples for now? So we, it's funny, you know, we sold a Sauvignon Blanc for two years and then we launched the Pinot Noir for bees and our fans loved it. You know, I think there was an element where we had the one product, it was a really neat story and it, you know, it's done a lot of good. We've restored 12 million oysters so far. Um, and, you know, when we launched the second one, our Pinot for bees, I think that people saw how much fun it was that we were going to kind of do everything. Right, we want to do fun, fun beverages that support all the critical ecosystems. So, the rosé for reefs made a lot of sense. We work with an incredible partner, Seacor um, International. Um, you can find all of our partner groups on our website. Um, and you know, our next, we're going to do um, next year. We're going to do a Chardonnay for sharks. Uh, we're going to do a Grenache for gray wolves. Um, we're looking at a Syrah for soil. You know, there's just so many kind of fun sort of uh, hooks and, and tie-ins. And, you know, we find that our, the people who love our wines, you know, obviously the first thing is you, you really wanna be drinking good, sustainable wine. So that's important. But then, you know, these are people who care about the planet and who already kind of know a little something. And, you know, they really use Proud Pour as just a, a fun thing to kind of share with friends and share the story and, you know, kind of be able to talk with their friends about something they really care about. So, you know, from our perspective, it just makes sense to kind of, you know, do do a lot of wines for a lot of important ecosystems. You know, it takes time and we got to build that up and build the relationships that we need. But but yeah, that is the plan to kind of do it all. How did you decide to commit to environmental sustainability? Like what was the decision process? And is that something that you knew from day one was going to be a big part of what you were doing? Yeah, absolutely. So we're not a wine company that was looking for a way to market ourselves. So Berlin, she made the connection. Um, you know, she, her light bulb, the light bulb went off for her. She'd been, I mean, the backstory is she'd been going out, she, she was working in finance in New York City. And um, this is seven years ago. And, you know, living that lifestyle, right, going out every night, you know, you work till nine, you go out to the bar, you go home, you go to sleep, you wake up, get to work by 10, do the whole thing again. And she's a passionate environmentalist. And she was, you know, just living this pretty fun New York lifestyle um, and sort of thinking about that disconnect between her life and the natural environment that she was so concerned about. And she just realized, you know, with all her friends going out, this was a way to really reach a whole lot of people. Um, and New York City is a, a fun aspect of that because, you know, our first partner was Billion Oyster Project and they, they actually are working to restore New York Harbor. I mean, the, the place you see from the city, 
which used to just teem with oyster reefs, which were are the foundation of that ecosystem. So it's it's a way of kind of, you know, sometimes for urban folks, people who live in cities, it's a way to kind of reframe and tie people in to uh, the environment, which you know we all need to be in good shape to have good lives. Um, so it's been baked in from day one. There was no element of sort of adding it, adding it later. That's awesome. Now. On that note, can you tell us a little bit about with each of these wines, what actually is being given back to the environment, how these bottles are helping sort of re, you know, help the sustainability of these ecosystems? Absolutely. So we partner with science-based environmental groups for each cause. Um, so our Sauvignon, our Sauvignon Blanc, we give back to these oyster partners um, enough to restore 100 wild oysters locally. So if you buy our Sauvignon Blanc in Maine, it's Casco Bay Restoration. If you buy it in New York, it's New York Harbor, New Jersey, uh, Massachusetts, we have four projects. So that's true all over the U.S. It includes Pacific Northwest. Uh, we have tons of projects. Um, and so, you know, that the, we have this, this impact, but you also want to tie people in to this really important local work that's happening. And just as an aside, oyster reefs are really critical. They're a habitat. Um, in the wild, they're not the ones we eat. Those are farmed. In the wild, they form habitat for fish and they prevent ero erosion. Um, they also filter water, so they clean the ecosystem. Um, we've lost about 90% of these wild oyster reefs in the United States and North America. Um, and, you know, so, so that's the Sauvignon Blanc. Um, we're up to 12 million oysters. Um, the Pinot for bees, we plant 35 square feet of bee habitat. So native plants, flowering plants, um, on farms all over the US. Um, our partner is the Xerces Society. Um, and we, you know, we've done 75 acres of restoration so far. And likewise with the Center for Sea Turtles, it helps support sea turtle hospitals. And the Rosé for Reefs is supporting really neat work to um, grow and plant new baby corals. So this is about creating more resilient reefs um, into the future. And the whole kind of vision is um, we're going to do whites and rosé for the ocean and then reds for, for the land. So we're seeing here that you uh, give back 5% of your top line revenue to the causes that you're supporting. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a bit more about where exactly the money is going and what other organizations you partner with? Absolutely, yeah. So most give back companies are at about the 1% of top line revenue. So that's, that's sort of, you know, it's, it gets a little bit wonky, but of a profit and loss statement, that's the very top line. Most give back companies, you know, will talk about the bottom line, which is, you know, 10% of profits, 20% of profits, but that's after you've already, you know, paid for everything. So we're at about 5X, the typical give back company. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've got all sorts of partner groups. Um, they're all on the website. Um, you know, Secor is for uh, coral reef restoration. Um, there's a sea turtle hospital at the Brevard Zoo called the Sea Turtle Healing Center. Um, so the New England Aquarium has a sea turtle hospital. So actually, you know, relevant to you two, who I think are New England based, right? Um, they actually, it's really neat. The turtles that get rescued from Cape Cod for about eight weeks during the winter, these turtles get stranded 
and they actually get taken to the New England Aquarium. So we're directly supporting this really neat network of volunteers who save the turtles when they're stranded um, on the beach and bring them up to the aquarium. And, they, and then they can make it back in the wild, so they get rehabilitated. Um, the Xerces Society for Bee Habitat Restoration. They actually, Xerces, um, that's X-E-R-C-E-S, Xerces. Um, they actually run, I believe it's the biggest pollinator conservation program in the world. Um, they're a really, really cool group um, based out of Portland, Oregon, but they, they do work all over the US. And then the oyster groups, we just have groups all over. Yeah, I think that's huge. The whole fact that it's 5% of the top line revenue. I think our listeners really need to get a grasp on how big that is compared to doing off the bottom line, like you were talking about, because you can't really include, you know, costs and jack up salaries. That, oh yeah, we're paying all this. Uh, exactly. To cut down on the amount. So I think that's awesome. Um, with the special wines that you had, the further ones you talked about releasing more reds and whites for different animals and different environmental aspects, when can we expect to see those come around and hit the shelves? Yeah, so probably we'll see those um, throughout 2021. Um, we actually uh, just launched, um, we just launched online shipping. Um, so we, we, um, we're considering actually working with winemakers to do much smaller uh, productions of the wines. Um, you know, when you can, when you can sell online through your website, you know, ours is proudpour.com. Um, it's, it's, it's much easier to manage small amounts of wine. Um, you, you probably know how the distribution system works. We have wonderful distributors and stores that support us, but it can be hard to throw a portfolio, you know, six, seven wines out into these different markets. You know, not everyone needs your Grenache. I mean, it's just, you know, it just, it just depends on how the market is and how the portfolio of the distributors are. So, so we have a nice flexibility now because the wines are available to ship um, from our website. So we're, we're shipping to 43 states right now. Um, now I will say, this is a little bit of a uh, far field from your question, but I just wanna stress to anyone listening, um, you know, we, we really want people to support the stores that carry Proud Pour if you're interested in buying the wines. So on our website, there's a store finder um, where you can see if there are local stores. And then if there aren't, you know, we just want, you know, these people have been so amazing, such amazing supporters who run these, these small wine shops. Um, even some of the bigger stores, you know, we know the buyers, they're just great people. So we really want to support them. But, you know, we're not distributed in California. And lots of people reach out to us and say, oh man, where can I, you know, why can't I find you guys in California? So now we can actually, you know, get the wines to those folks. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so it's, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit TBD, but, you know, certainly in 2021, um, you know, it's just, it's just so much fun. I mean, I just think people, you know, this is, people are so aware now, particularly younger folks. I mean, we, we connect a lot with, you know, I hate to use the word because everyone throws it around millennials, but we really do connect with that demographic. And there's a reason. I mean, it's, you know, it's everyone's future, but it's particularly their future. Um, and, you know, people know that there are some serious problems. And so spreading these stories, you know, helping fund science-based environmental work, you know, people, and you get to, you get to share a really good drink with your friends. You know, it's just sort of, it's sort of this is supposed to be a total, total win-win for everyone. Yep. And if you're buying something anyway, you might as well buy something that's going to give back a little as well. 
Um, exactly. And uh, so you started with the Sauvignon Blanc. You now have a cider too. Are there any plans to get into beer or any distilled beverages or anything else down the line? Or are you really going to keep it with these uh, fruit-based wines? Yeah, and I know that I know that you're the beer and uh, and uh, spirits, yep. uh, you know, aficionado <laughs> of, of the two. Um, that is Nick. We we would like to. So um, it would be just a lot of fun. Um, you know, those are those are just fun fun worlds to be into. Um, it's it's gonna it it'll be a little bit in the future. Um, and part of the reason is actually the way distribution works in alcohol. Um, you know, there there are states where we have um, someone who distributes the wines, meaning they're the ones that sell to stores and restaurants, who by law can't distribute beer and spirits. So you have to create this whole new network of people who can get your 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 beverages out there. So you know, it would be there will be a day. I'd be shocked if we don't do that in the next five years. That's great. And it's, it's always fun to look forward to something new, especially when it's for a brand that, you know, you really like and you really support. And with what you're doing, I can't imagine anybody would be not excited. That's incredible. Um, you sent us over, or we picked up some wines to, to try and the cider. We have the cider too. Nice. So we split them up. Uh, Nick has the cider and I have the Pinot Noir and the Rosé. Um, Nick also has the Sauv Blanc. So we're going to do a little tasting. I uh, would like to have Nick kick it off. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of jumped the gun. I've been sipping on the whole episode <laughs> here, but I'm loving it. The Sauvignon Blanc is super easy drinking. And as you stated, I'm not the wine guy here. So I'm not going to break down the complexities and everything and the tasting notes, but really easy to drink. It's sweet. It's something that you could sip on for a long time. And I think this is definitely one of the better Sauvignon Blancs that I've had just based on the fact that I think anyone can pick it up and drink it and enjoy it without needing to be sort of a wine aficionado. It's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, the Sauvignon Blanc is sort of our flagship and, you know, we're, we're proud of the fact that people feel good kind of showing, you know, post COVID showing up at their friend's, with this wine, you know, it's, it's a, you know, you, you don't, you want to, you want it to, uh, you know, people to be proud of what they bring. Right. So that's, I mean, that's absolutely half our mission. I'm, I'm glad to hear you like it. And I, for one, I've, I've had the soft Blanc. I've actually, um, as I said, I've, I've had your, your wines a bunch of times, uh, in the cider, but I have the Pinot Noir here, which I think is so great because it has the wildflowers on the top. And I know the Sauv Blanc has the oyster. Um, I love, love how you guys present them. What, mm. do you do that for all of your products or do you kind of have those two special because of what they are? The, yeah, those two are special. So um, we, yeah, it's, it's, you can imagine it's, it's pretty hard to do those. Um, so for instance, the oyster shells, you know, we get those from raw bars that would otherwise throw their shell away. So basically like if you're a raw bar, um, if you're in a coastal state, ideally all that shell gets recycled. Actually, it goes back in the water. Our environmental partners get that shell and actually plant baby oysters on it and put it back in the water to help rebuild the wild reefs. So it's, just, it's an amazing like kind of closing the loop story. However, in some states, it's not legal 
to put the shell back in. Um, there's concern about spreading disease from different oysters. So um, in those states, we've collected shell and you know drilled holes and put this twine in to kind of, it's just a fun sort of like, people love it. It's like, it's a natural material. Um, you know, they see that it's real, right? So like, you, you, you probably see it in wine shops, right? People put those kind of like paper, plastic, like neckers on the bottles. Um, so we essentially want to do a classy, fun, one of those. Um, and yeah, we, it's pretty hard to scale as you can probably imagine. Um, so yeah, we decided it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty tough to do for new products. Um, but it's, you know, we keep doing it for the Sauv Blanc. We actually are, um, stopping with the flowers, even though they're so much fun and they can be so beautiful. They just, there were two things that were happening. Like, you know, maybe a third of the bottles on the shelf would just get damaged. Like people would pick them up and crush the flowers just to look at the bottle. And so, you know, they just didn't always look great. And then when they did that, there would be these like little bits of dried flour that would end up all over the shelf. And some of the, some of the people who ran the wine shops were, were uh, not, not super pleased with, with the mess that we can continually create it in their stores. So the shells though, those are like unbreakable. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen probably, you know, been around a hundred thousand oyster shells at this point that we've sort of processed and they, I've never seen one break actually. It's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. You don't need to create any more mess for your buyers too. So it's good that you're kind of getting away from that. And still, I think the wine will stand alone on its own without it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the other one I have here is a cider, which I've been sipping on this whole time. And I love the cider. So it's very, very, for our listeners, fruit forward, sweet. It doesn't have that kind of tart dryness that you get with a lot of other ciders. Again, this is another one that you could just drink and crush all night. Yeah. Yeah, no, people, pe people have responded really well to the, to the cider. It's great. I brought the cider to the beach with me one day. Uh, we have a little private beach in our house and it was, it was a hit with everyone we were with. So <laughs> it's, it's so funny. The cider, it may be because it's in a can format, but we get so many beach Instagram posts <laughs> yeah. of the cider. It probably is just that it's in a can, but it's also just like a fresh, it's a great sunny day drink. Yeah, hard to bring bottles to the beach for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have the rosé for reefs, uh, which I don't drink a lot of rosés. I, I will preface with that, but I really like this one. Uh, it's very good chilled. I think rosé and, you know, similar to the Sauv Blanc is great for summer. It's just such a nice thing to, you know, throw in the wine fridge and crack open when you get home and just have a nice glass of that. Um, so definitely, definitely a good rosé for anybody who, anybody here who likes rosé and is interested in trying a new one. Plus it gives back. So, I mean, you can't go wrong. We also yeah, no, have, oh, Sorry, go ahead. no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, the rosé is such a fun, it's such a fun thing for people. I mean, people, people just, you know, a good rosé on a summer day. I mean, it just like captures people's imagination in such a fun way. I mean, people just love it. Yeah. We, we've been talking, it was funny, our first summer, um, when we, we launched with our New York distributor. So it was years ago. It was our, our second second place we sold. The um, you know all of the sales reps for the distributor were just like, "When are you coming out with a rosé? You need a rosé." I mean, people have been saying this to us for years. So finally, finally, we did it. Yes, and it's well worth the wait. <laughs> we also have the 
Save the Bees, uh, the Pinot Noir, which I'm curious how you decided on where you were going to get those grapes from and source from. I know it's uh, Willamette Valley. So what was the decision process behind that? Do you know if it's um, like, was that intentional or? Yes, no. So, so, you know, there's no question that Willamette is um, sort of the premier region in the U.S. for, um, you know, in Oregon for Pinot Noir. It's the most, I should say it's the most famous one, right, among consumers. There's certainly one other ones that, um, you know, Psalms will talk about um, quite a lot. Um, but, you know, so, so the, it's, you know, it's great for us. And it's, it's really good. It's really good wine. And we just, the winemakers are such wonderful people. Um, it's um, SAS Winery, um, you know, just a father-son team. They're, they're just the best people. And Oregon's a, a neat place because it, it works a lot on relationships. Um, it's just, it's, it's less than, you know, it's less of a developed kind of wine world than in terms of the production than California. And a lot of people know each other and it's a really, just a really tight knit, wonderful community. And, you know, people have really responded to, to the wine. People, you know, consumers kind of know that Oregon is, is uh, where you, you know, get really good quality Pinot. And I know on finding the wine, so you already said it's available 43 states, so you can pretty much get it most places around the country. Um, for our listeners, I just want to stress again, make sure you get to your local stores to pick it up first. And while you're there, don't crush the flowers if there's any kicking around and make more of a mess for the employees. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So then we, yeah, so it's, you can do all of that. You can find those stores really easily and also order online on our website. So proudpour.com. Great. And is there anything else that you would like to share before we close out? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, you know, if people want to keep up with what we're up to, um, follow us on Instagram at proud Poor. And another thing is, um, you know, reach out. If you, if this makes you think of something, you're listening to it. Um, you can email uh, us at cheers at proudpoor.com. We just love kind of those personal interactions. We respond real promptly and um, love ideas. I mean, a lot of the good, fun things that have happened for us in terms of meeting people who can, you know, sometimes help us out or we can help. It's all happened through someone just emailed us or called us out of the blue. So definitely do, you know, keep up with us and, and reach out with ideas, questions, anything. I'll give you your next wine idea right now. Riesling for rhinos. <laughs> there oh, you that's go. good. You know, I'll tell you, I actually have those words written in a spreadsheet somewhere. There you go. Riesling for rhinos. <laughs> yep. Perfect. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, thanks so much. Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening. Thanks.